Thank you, Rodney. Um, I appreciate the song because it truly reminds us uh, whose company we are in this morning. It's great to be in the company of the Lord. Uh, nor am I Matt Broadway, so you know, three strikes and you're out, so I guess that's it. <laughs> and, uh, and I miss him, you know, I miss my pastor, and uh, I pray that uh, they're having just a great time to be refreshed and renewed, and, and uh, we'll just love them more when they get back. This month has been designated by the Advent Christian General Conference as a month for prayer emphasis. And we had put together a whole bunch of material, and we've sent it out to the churches, and we've made it available on the website. So everybody in our denomination be just wrapped up in prayer. Everybody just really praying hard. How many of you have been praying hard? Well, you must have not got the letter if you didn't... Uh, uh, just to help you, you can go to www.acgc.us and click on the prayer emphasis material. And golly, you can get all kinds of neat stuff. You can, uh, you can download and print out a 21-day prayer journal that has a devotion in it and a, and, a, and a way to keep notes and all that good stuff. You can create a prayer list of people you want to be praying for through the month of May and beyond. You can... Um, you can even make a poster and put it on your refrigerator or wherever else you want to put it. Uh, just to remind you to, to keep praying. But the emphasis, why we do this annually, this particular year, year I think, has a special uh, focus. And it's to encourage us to, to really make an effort to discover who God is and what, uh, what he wants to do in our lives, to give him a chance to really revive us as believers in Christ, as well as it not being, being just a, a personal uh, journey with, with the Lord in prayer, but being a corporate journey as well, hoping to engage churches. So this, this spirit that's being revived is not just something that I personally experience, but we collectively enjoy it together. And, uh, and I know it's the prayer of many, many people around the world for a revival to not only sweep the sweep our, uh, the globe, but specifically in our own country, sweep the the boundaries of North America. Well, this morning, because it's Prayer Emphasis Month, and I work for the ICGC, I'm here to talk to you about prayer. But to be perfectly honest with you, I'd like to be able to say that I'm speaking out of a, an experience of prayer, of something that I'm passionate about and exercise religiously. And I'm disciplined in being very uh, focused and committed and, and, and um, dedicated to what can be accomplished in prayer. I have studied prayer. Uh, for a number of years, I've studied prayer. I've read, uh, I've got countless books on my shelf on prayer. I, I collect articles on prayer. I collect prayers. Uh, that I think that this is such a special exercise. And uh, as, as much as I have gone to conferences and retreats and workshops to learn how to pray, I confess that I am not only a poor student, I'm a poor practitioner. Because more could be expected of myself, I'm sure, in the discipline of prayer. And so I guess maybe the best thing to do before we go any further is maybe to stop and pray. Would you pray with me? 
Lord, this is an opportunity to, to hear you. And I pray, Lord, that truly what is shared this morning are the instructions from your word and not the mere thoughts of man. Lord, I do pray for this revived spirit of just wanting to get to know you better, spend time with you, enjoy the communion with you, and how that may be translated into life's experiences as well as into the life of a church, a denomination, a movement among Christians globally. Lord, we can talk about prayer, and we can even talk through prayer, but God, speak into our lives about how important it is just to spend time with you. And may these few minutes we have together be just that, letting you speak to us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. I do spend a lot of time in prayer. I usually begin about the time I slide into bed. I practice the same practice that King David practiced as he writes in Psalm 63, 6, On my bed I remember you. Well, my memory lasts about 30 seconds, and I'm out. I'm just out cold. I, I want to be faithful about this discipline. And <clears throat> thinking just as this, the psalmists have done, to pray <laughs> even while I'm in bed, I have to confess that sleep quickly steals the time that's supposed to be dedicated as time with the Lord. I should go on and read the rest of that text, because I, I don't want to give David a bad rap here. Uh, when he says, oh, my, on, on my bed, I remember you, he goes on to write, I think of you through the watches of the night. Uh, there have been few times in my life that I've spent all night praying. I can count them probably on one hand. But it's, it's the example of Christ. It's the very example of Christ. He prayed all night long when he, it was time to, to choose his twelve. He, he had just finished a tremendous service of, of ministry, of, of healing and, and teaching. And, and as soon as it was all over and the crowds were sent away, what did he do? He went up into the mountains to be alone, to pray, and spent the better part of that night praying until he realized that his disciples were in trouble. And his prayer time had to be interrupted so he could take care of the boys on the water. There is much to be involved, much to be invested in prayer. And we should not take that lightly. As I mentioned, as being a student of prayer, I've, I've collected a few. And I'd like to share one with you because some, some of these prayers that I have are prayers that I really want to pray. I really want to be able to pray like that. And then some of them are prayers that just kind of represent where I am in life itself. This one is a simple prayer. It goes something like this. Dear God, so far today I've been doing all right. I have not gossiped. I have not lost my temper. I have not been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, proud, or overindulgent. And I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> I think there's something to this about praying continually. As soon as we step out of bed and, and we've had that morning prayer, I think that prayer has to translate into being a, a, a prayer walk, not just around the block, but through the day. That each step is, is determined by God himself. If nothing else, just to recognize that he, he wants to be nearby, and we ought to give him permission to do that. 
Prayer is more than just an assessment of where we are. It is to become the compass to point us to where we need to be. It can be the the chisel that chips away the things that keep us where we are. God doesn't want us to stay where we are. God wants to take us through life. God wants us... He wants to move us on in this journey with him. Uh, he wants us to experience things that we've never experienced before. But as we are set in our habits, and sometimes it's not as good as those habits should be, we stay where we are. And I think prayer is the very thing that God gives us to help us move on. Prayer is to change us. In a little book called Bits and Pieces, this thought was shared. It is strange that in our praying we seldom ask for a change in character, but always a change in circumstances. We want things to go our way. We want things to be better. We want things to change so we, we just feel more comfortable about the situation we find ourselves in or the problem's been solved or something's been fixed. It's not about the circumstances. Sometimes it's just simply about who we are. And particularly, defining who we are in that relationship with Jesus Christ, the one whom we pray to and pray through. A book that I think is just a classic in spiritual disciplines. Richard Foster writes a book uh, on spiritual disciplines, celebrating uh, spiritual disciplines, I think the title of the book. And he writes writes a, a, a chapter on prayer. And he makes this statement, to pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic in our lives. I think there's truth to that. If we are just content with where we're at and we like who we are just as we are and refuse to make any kind of changes at all, we're denying God the opportunity to work on us and to work with us and to work through us and and sometimes even in spite of us. And prayer gives him permission to do that. Well, the question might be asked, why pray? What do you get out of it? <laughs> What's the deal? You know, why, what I put in, what do I get back? Well, I think the first reason, the most important reason, we pray because supposedly we love God. And, and, then, and that, that's illustrated by prayer being an expression of wanting to spend time with God. Uh, Husbands and wives spend time together. When you go back to, to what brought you together as a husband and wife, that, that period of time when you were infatuated with one another and, and there was this excitement about being around each other, uh, there was not only a lot of conversation, but sometimes it was just a sense of being in the presence of one another because of that love. And hopefully that, that same love is translated into now a marriage that once more solidifies the the need to be near one another, to listen to one another, to hear one another, to respond to one another, to act to the benefit of each other. And that's what prayer is all about. It's an expression of love. If we love God, we will desire to be with him and to fellowship with him. We'll be in proportion to our love for him. I, I... I find that as being a convicting truth, (laughs) that my love for God may be defined by how much time I choose to spend with him. 
Prayer is not just talking with God. But prayer is also listening to or listening for God, letting God speak into our lives. And that comes through a variety of ways as he may choose to speak through his word. Matt continues to insist that we spend time in his word to allow God speak to us. Matt encourages us to spend time in prayer to allow God speak to us. There's the possibility that as God is speaking to you, you may be the instrument to speak into the life of someone else. And so prayer initiates this conversation among believers, with one another and for one another. The quality of our prayer life can determine the quality of our relationship with God. Prayer is enjoying the presence of God. Prayer is not simply just saying words. It's not repeating formulas. God is not looking for just babbling. (laughs) He wants to hear from us. I mean, he wants to hear everything from us. He wants to hear about our struggles. He wants to hear about our disappointments. He wants to hear about our anger. Just read through the Psalms sometimes and see how angry uh, David is about his situations. He wants to know the messes that we are in and, and make himself available to help us through them. Jesus said it this way, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received the reward in full, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, And pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Uh, I I have been in the company of some great saints uh, who who love to pray. But those prayers, prayers sometimes incorporate a sermon, you know, and I'm waiting for the third point in an amen so I could go to eat lunch or something like that. It's because they just consume so much time with their prayers. Uh, I think one of my favorite prayers in the New Testament, and I use this quite often, and I'm sure you have, have done the same. It's when Peter is given the great charge to come. Of course, the invitation is to get out of the boat and to walk on the water. And Peter, Peter gets out, and he's walking on the water, and he's got his eyes on Jesus. And you know, as he takes his eyes off Jesus, and he sees the storms around him, and the waves lapping up against his legs, he begins to sink. And the most profound prayer ever uttered by this, this fisherman's lips is this, save me, save me. And, and that isn't just salvation. That's saving us from the the messes that we make of things. That's saving us from the, the failures in our faith. That's saving us from the things that are, are ready to tear us apart. That simple prayer, Jesus, save me, may be needed several times through the day. Save me from losing my temper. Save me from cheating on my income tax. Save me from whatever it might be. Just keep me straight, Lord. Keep me straight. Keep me safe in you. Another reason we pray is because we depend upon God. Everything we have (laughs) comes from God. Anything that's good comes from God. And anything that you want that could be good for you, then pray to God. The prayer we receive for our comfort, for our strength, for the resources that we need just to continue through life come from God. 
God meets our needs in the physical realm of life as well as in the spiritual realm of life. Prayer, relationship to God, is as necessary to the spiritual life as air is to the natural life. If you want to be spiritually healthy, then breathe prayer. Number three, we pray in order to resist temptation. One of the most trying times in the life of Christ and his disciples was in the garden. And the very words of the Savior came to those who were so faithful to him when they, they were slumbering and he would come to them and find them sleeping. He said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Much sin is the result of the sin of a prayerless life. John Bunyan puts it this way, Prayer will make a man cease from sin, or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. Another reason we pray, we pray because God commands us to pray, (laughs) to be obedient to God. God says through his word, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And you know these words, pray without ceasing. And if you're an NIV guy, it's just simply pray continually. Don't stop praying. Prayer is so vital to all that God wants to do on this earth. And so essential to us that God commands us to do it at all times, in the waking hours and the sleeping hours as well. We should even deny ourselves sleep and food at times in order to pray more and with greater power. And the example, again, is by the very example of Christ. I referred to his sleepless nights as he prayed through those decisions he had to make or those ministries he had to perform or to simply discover what God's will is in his own life. Um, Fasting, doing without. Uh, We associate that with food. It can be fasting from anything that deprives us from time that could be spent with God. And, And Jesus, in his teaching, didn't say, if you fast. Jesus says, when you fast. And so this exercise of giving things up that consume our time or divert our attention or take us away from the fellowship with the Creator, can be captured by fasting and spending it with the Lord. We pray not only for ourselves, but we pray for others. Oh, intercession. That's something you folks know here at Doolin's Grove. Uh, one of the things that impressed us early on when we came here eight years ago and, and were adopted into the family here as a, a fellowship was to hear the testimonies that came up constantly about recognized answered prayer on the behalf of someone else because you, you submitted yourself to the exercise of intercessory prayer. I, we can't say enough things about intercessory prayer and what that can accomplish. Do you recognize that when we intercede on behalf of someone else, what we're doing? We might be, be, we might be in a position to bring that people to, to the throne of grace when they're not capable of doing it for whatever reason. It's not only a a privilege, it is a responsibility. It is a duty to pray for one another. Um, 
One of the other things that comes out of it, when we pray for one another and we see that the intercessory prayer has been answered and that miraculous work of God has been done, you know what that does for us? That becomes our testimony to a world out there that needs this kind of energy, this kind of power, this kind of hope. We have a story to tell about what God can do because we prayed to Almighty God and He did this and He did that. When the miraculous things happen and we can bear testimony to that, we're testifying to the one who did them. There are those who hurt us sometimes unintentionally. And they are deserving of our prayers for forgiveness. As much as we want to be forgiven, the exercise to forgive is as important, if not even more so. And why do I say that? Because if we are not willing to exercise the prayer for forgiveness for another, then we have created an obstacle that prevents us of approaching Christ as he needs to be approached. Jesus said, I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Not only those who hurt us unintentionally, but those who are out to get us. Those who are out to to do us in. Those who want to do us harm. Those who come against us because of our faith. We must pray for them. We must pray for them. Not to to forgive will prove to be a major hindrance to not only our, our prayer life, but also even our claim of righteousness offered to us by Christ. And that, that prayer that we all know, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, when he talked about forgiving our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, that wasn't just a sentence worked in there between the daily bread and thy kingdom come. No, Jesus was very specific because in Matthew he goes on to say, after he speaks those words, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is a weighty matter. And this is the very thing that will contribute to the health of a fellowship of believers. That we are in a position to forgive one another. And even to forgive those who are outside the fellowship. Because that might be the very winning thing that brings us to a place of where we can relate to them and share with them the name Jesus who forgives all sins. There's another element of prayer that I'd like to touch on just quickly here. And that is, I think sometimes we deprive ourselves of doing some mighty works for God. Um, there, is the, there is the scene where uh, Peter, James, and John come off the mountain of transfiguration. Uh, and, and the disciples are, have been asked to come forward and, and, and to lay hands on and pray for this, this young man who is uh, demonically possessed. And, and they're praying and nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And, and they can't figure it out. And... And so Jesus comes on the scene, and he delivers the young man of the spirit that possessed him. And the disciples, in private, asked Jesus, why couldn't we do that? And the very words that Jesus spoke to them was, this kind can come out only by prayer. Lots of prayer, earnest prayer, faithful prayer. 
Prayer enables us to do things beyond our own human strength. Prayer, prayer plugs us in to the energies of, of the heavens themselves. Prayer is, is the, the very thing that, that connects us with the God who does it all, who, is, who does the impossible, who overcomes those things that we have no control over and who can answer in ways that we've never even imagined. Prayer gives us the the privilege of being engaged in eternal and significant works that shape the kingdom forever. I just want to close with a couple quick prayers here and and kind of summarize with a few words that maybe represent how we are to pray. I love the Psalms because they're just gut prayers. (laughs) Listen to, to this prayer. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Have you ever, have you ever had that experience that you just, uh, the words don't even come out? Give attention to the sound of my cry. Have you ever cried when you prayed? My King and my God, for to you do I pray. Be gracious to me, O Lord. For I am languishing. That's a word that we're not real comfortable with. We do, maybe don't even know what it means anymore. But I, I just picture someone who was just at, at all ends, just totally coming apart. Heal me. Oh, Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, oh, Lord, how long? Sometimes do a word study in the Psalms and just... just Type in, how long? And see how many times the psalmist says, how long? Do you ever wonder when you pray, how long? When's the answer coming? How long do I have to keep on praying? When we fail to wait prayerfully for God's guidance and strength, we are saying with our actions, if not with our lips, that we don't need him. We must wait upon the Lord, however long it may be. There's some great saints that talk about praying for people for over 40 years to see them to come know Jesus Christ. There's some, some, some great saints, the story is told that they prayed for them through their whole lifetime and never saw them come to Jesus Christ. But in a generation later, they did receive Christ as their Savior. Our time is not God's time. Our way is not God's way. But as we surrender to the God who is in charge of everything, including time, wait on him. Just wait on him. Ian Bounds, in his volume on prayer, says this. When you make prayer secondary, you make God secondary. I'm, I'm leaving these stingers, folks, because I, I want them just to, just to be with us this week. I, I want us to look for ways of responding to the, the primary importance of prayer in our lives. Corey Tinboom says, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful when he's on his knees. 
I love that. Make time for it. Put it on your calendar. Put it in your day timer. Put it on your iPad. Put it on your iPhone. Put it on your refrigerator. Tuck it in your Bible. But set a time aside regularly to pray with the Lord. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. To which Jesus said to them, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. When you pray, be humble. Be real. Be regular. Be persistent. Be confident. Be patient. Be amazed. And be grateful. And now, will you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.